On the lounge. I'm Margo. And I'm Jess. And this is our podcast. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Hey Jess, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at Ladies on the Lounge. Give us a follow. And some likes, because we want to be Insta-famous. Yes! Hey guys, it's just me, Margo, today. Um, Jess is feeling a bit under the weather, so I'm going to try and do this episode on my own. I hope it's not too boring. Um... I hope I can make it interesting for you, and hopefully we'll have Jess back next week. So, I just wanted to start off with, I've got a few little bits of gossip to go, and then I'm going to sort of recap the Golden Globes for you. And uh, this is sort of timely, because in about 45 minutes, I'm about to watch the Oprah special with Megan and Harry, which I'm super excited about, and I hope everyone else uh, watched it and if you didn't uh, I'll be recapping it next week with Jess so uh, there were reports that came out this week that Megan was accused of bullying staff um, at the palace and my kind of take on this is well the palace have said that they're investigating it and they don't tolerate bullying yada 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 and Megan's like adamantly denied it and said you know, she never treated staff badly. And I kind of think this is bullshit. I think that there are certain staff members in the royal family that uh, are doing it because of misplaced loyalty to the royals. Like, they feel like Megan and Harry leaving was, like, totally devastating for the royal family. Uh, you know, moving away and then doing this Oprah interview is, like, the worst thing that could ever happen to the royals. And, you know, we've got the Queenie doing her little uh, um, BBC speech and trying to, like, you know, what's the word? She's trying to, like, do damage control for the royals because they don't want people to think badly of them. But I don't know. I just think some people are going to be really against Meghan and Harry, like, I mean, Jess is totally against Megan. But I don't know. I just kind of think we should all cut them some slack. And I just think we should wait. We should watch this Oprah special. I cannot wait to see all the juice that's going to come out of this. I mean, Oprah has said in the trailer that there is no topic um, that's been barred from being talked about. And I just like... From watching the trailer, I sort of started thinking about, uh, we talked about last week how Harry um, was really affected by the tabloids, and I said that I was really surprised by that, but then I sort of didn't factor in his mother's legacy, and how traumatised he was by the way that his mother died, that even if, you know, Megan was never in any danger, and... um, you know, I've said before that they should just be ignoring the tabloids. I just think the past trauma of how Diana was treated by the press and then the way she died, being chased by a paparazzi, yeah, that would traumatise you and that would, like, you'd be thinking about it all the time and you'd be thinking, well, what if this is going to happen to us? What if this is going to happen to my baby, my wife? So 
maybe the only thing he could do for his mental health was leave and come to America and start their new life as much as people hate it. Maybe it was the only thing that he could do and he just saw no other option. So, I don't know. I just I'm, cannot wait to watch this special and talk about it next week. Okay, so this was a little, like, dumb but apparently it's done for comic relief or comic effect. Whitney Cummings, um, comedian, she had like her own show. Um, I think she might've had like her own talk show for a little while as well on E. Um, she was one of the comedians that was on, um, Chelsea Handler's show all the time, Chelsea Lately. And sort of Chelsea, I think, um, produced her shows with her. Well, Whitney Cummings is like apparently besties with Jennifer Aniston and, she got an I heart J for Jennifer on the bottom of her foot tattooed. And I'm just like, what? And she said, you know, I'll do anything for a laugh, but come on. Like, is it that funny? Like, is she like stalker obsessed with Jennifer Aniston? I mean, I think becoming a celebrity and then being able to like get a super A-list star as like one of your like really good friends You'd be like plotting all the time. You'd just be like, "Ugh, how did my life turn out like this?" But I just think, I don't think I would ever get a tattoo. I mean, she didn't write Jennifer. She only put J, and it is on the bottom of the foot. But I'm just like, "Ugh," like it seems a bit dumb to me. So, um, apparently, Demi Lovato has posted that she's accidentally lost weight. So she's talked about before how she's dealt with bulimia. I'm not sure if there was like anorexia, but that she was a binge eater. And now that she's like stopped being on diets in COVID, she's um, accidentally lost weight. And I don't know, like maybe it was the stress of her like engagement ending, but how do you accidentally lose weight? I mean, obviously... Unless she's, like, stopped eating altogether, I mean, I would think that she would have been more consciously eating healthy and maybe exercising more. I just think, I don't know. If someone, if one of my friends came up to me and they're like, oh, I accidentally lost 20 kilos, I'd be kind of annoyed. I'd be like, bitch, how? <laughs> like, tell me. Tell me how you lost 20 kilos. Okay. So Alec Baldwin and Hilaria Baldwin have had their, I think it's like the is it their sixth child? Oh my god. And their last baby that they just had, Eduardo, is only six months old. So obviously she used a surrogate. And it looks like all her other kids. So I'm thinking it's her egg, his sperm. And I can't remember what the name of the baby was. Was it like Luca or Lucia? I think it's a little girl. So maybe it's Lucia. Um, oh my god. My dog's barking outside. I apologize. But... Yeah, so they had their, like, little secret baby, and I think, well, thank God she wasn't pregnant during all this backlash she got over, um, sort of pretending to be Spanish, because that would have been, like, really stressful in her pregnancy. But I just think, how many kids does this lady need? I mean, like, I wonder if she's going to have more, and if she's going to have more with surrogates. I just think it's super interesting and I just think, I mean, Alec Baldwin is getting so old. Like, how many more kids do you want, Alec? 
But, um, oh, so, so what happened this week was that Alec Baldwin made a joke on Twitter, uh, and of course the Twitter trolls trolled him, and Alec Baldwin has a real short temper, and he got so pissed off that he's left Twitter again. I mean, he does this every so often. He'll, like, delete his Twitter, and he won't use it for a few months. But, so what he had done is, um, Gillian Anderson, uh, won the Golden Globe for, uh, the Crown. So she played, um, the British Prime Minister, oh god, what was her name? Oh, Margaret Thatcher. And so she won the Golden Globe for that, and I think maybe, I wasn't sure if it was in her Golden Globes interview or just another interview that was just afterwards, she said that, um, she finds it, she found it really hard to, like, keep her English accent working in America for so long, and I think now she's back in England, but I think she sounds English, but she's saying that she doesn't. She's got a quite American accent. And Alec Baldwin made some, like, stupid comment about, like, uh, hmm, people having trouble with accents. Um, where have I heard that before? Or something, like, dumb like that. And, like, and I'm just like, Alec, everyone is, like, hating on your wife for impersonating a Spanish person, for using a Spanish accent, for naming all your children Spanish names, and, like... You know, we learned that, well, I learned the term black fishing last week. I mean, like, Hilaria has been caught Spanish fishing. And I just think, Alec, like, know the time when to make jokes about this. Like, Hilaria just came back to Instagram. Like, it literally only happened, like, two months ago. Like, not the time to make these dumb jokes. And then you get shitty because, like, people comment on it. Like, ugh. Calm your farm, Alec Baldwin. Calm your farm. Okay, so speaking of the Golden Globes, I watched it. It was so annoying to watch, let me just say, because uh, in Australia we don't get it on um, free-to-air TV. We get it on our cable network called Foxtel. And so, but I happen to have, uh, we talk about it all the time, I have Binge, which is a streaming service, which I didn't realise was owned by Foxtel, so they also have what's called linear channels that you can watch on the app and it's actually what's happening live on Foxtel like on the different channels and so uh I went on to one of the channels and I was like oh my god yes yes so exciting I can watch the Golden Globes live and um so I started watching and I've taken some notes and this is what I thought okay so the presenters were Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, which I didn't even know beforehand that they were going to be. I thought maybe Jimmy Kimmel was going to do it again. And uh, Amy was hosting from LA and Tina was hosting from New York or vice versa. Okay. And most of the um, the nominees were all at home. They're all on, like, they're sort of like zooming into the show. Even some of the presenters zoomed in. They weren't there live in studio. And the uh, audience they had, which was quite like a socially distance-based audience, was of first responders. So, like, I guess that's like police, um, medical staff, fire pe- fire um, men, etc. And let me just say, the one celebrity that these people went bananas for, like. They were screaming, they were clapping when he came out to present to an award was Christopher Maloney from Laura Nailda SVU 
which is incidentally coming back for a reboot. Oh no, it's never stopped, but he left the show and now he's coming back, I think, with Marushka Hagate. Um, and on the show he was called Elliot. Like, these first responders, like, they didn't care about Nicole Kidman, like, Jared Leto. No, no, no. Christopher Maloney from Law and Order was their jam. And I just freaking loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And then I was like, so happy that um, a lot of the celebrities dressed up. Let me fucking tell you, J- Jason Sudeikis was wearing like a freaking um, tie dye hoodie, like so casual. He won a freaking award, and I was like, bitch, don't you wish you wore a suit? But like, James Corden was in like a full tux. There was another lady who I'd never heard of. She was um like a um she won best director something which I'll go into later. But she was dressed wearing, like, a long-sleeve T-shirt, which I thought was weird. But um, speaking of fashion, all right, I'll talk about the fashion first. Amy Sedaris – oh, no, not Amy Sedaris. What is it? Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. My God. For presenters, they had the most boring, boring clothes on. They pretty much kept changing into black dresses and – one was more hideous than the next. Like, they were either boring or they were ugly. And then there was this hideous, heinous, gold, sparkly coat blazer that, like, Tina Fey got into and she had a black top under, black pants. And I was like, ugh, who were their stylists? Like, I know they're comedians, they're writers, they're actors. But, like, come on. You can't pull out all the stops for, like, the globes? Like, I wanted to see them, like, in stunning gowns. Like, it would have been so, like, a hilarious bit if they came out in the same outfit and, like, pretended that they didn't know what was going on and they're like, oh, bitch, you stole my look. I just wish they had have played with the fashion more. And, um, okay, so these are the, these are the, um, celebrities or, like, actors that I loved their fashion. So there was a lady called Cynthia Erivo who I've never seen in anything. I don't know who she is. And she was wearing this stunning, she presented an award. She was wearing this stunning lime green dress. So I'm going to post photos of all these on the Instagram. But that was like stunning. Uh, Jane Fonda looked great. She had like this white suit. And Jane Fonda um, a few years ago said uh, to be more environmentally kind, she's not going to buy any new clothes. And so, you know, as a rich person, you have like a huge backlog of clothing so this is a, a suit that she wore first in the 90s on the red carpet so she uh re-wore it for this year's golden globes and then also um in a white sort of outfit was kira sedgwick um kevin bacon's wife she was wearing this beautiful white satin um pants and sort of like blouse i think it was like tied around the neck and i just loved it and then i loved Gillian anderson's she had a green dress, like a halter neck green dress that had like a green skull printed on it. And I thought that was great. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wore this great canary yellow floor length um, gown, like satin, with like major freaking cleavage. Anna Taylor Joy from The Queen's Gambit, who also won, I think was like the one star who majorly brought it. I mean, I think she knew that this was going to be her moment. Like, she's like the it girl. You know, I think she knew she was going to win for The Queen's Gambit, Best Actress. And she had this stunning, stunning green sparkly dress. 
and like she had her long platinum blonde hair and the sort of like wavy Veronica Lake 40s style. I mean, it was like schmick. Loved it. I loved Rosie Perez's the top of her dress. I didn't love the bottom of her dress. I thought it was sort of like a sort of skirt top combo, but I think it was a dress, but the bottom was just horrendous. Um, Chadwick Boseman's wife had a great dress on and she accepted his um, Golden Globe after um, we all know he, he passed away last year and it was like such a sad moment and she was crying and like even I think Jennifer Aniston may have presented that award so they cut to her she was like crying too. Um, Andy Samberg's wife had a stunning dress on also loved Carrie Mulligan's okay so this was like my OMG moment from the night Jodie Foster won an award for something that I haven't seen I can't even remember what it was but sitting next to her was Ellen's Ellen DeGeneres' ex-girlfriend from the 90s. And I was like, what? I was like, this has got to be Ellen's ex-girlfriend, Alex. Then they, they cut back to them, and I was like, yes, yes, it is. And Jodie Foster referred to her as her wife. And I was like, what? How did I not know this? When did Jodie Foster break up with, like, her longtime partner, who she had, like, her two sons with? And I was like, what is going on? Why is Ellen's ex-girlfriend like, married to Jodie frickin' Foster. Like, talk about, like, stepping up your relationship game. I mean, I was loving it. Okay. And then, all right, so being a Zoom Golden Globes, there was a few technical difficulties. The first um, winner of the award, um, he's, like, had no sound. He was, like, pissed off when they like got back to him he was like no no you're doing me dirty you're doing me dirty he's like I want to do my speech and so he, he got to do it so that was good um I was loving oh let me I'll just go through a few awards so like like I said Jason Sudeikis won for um best actor in Ted Lasso which I've never seen before uh oh other than his terrible like fashion choice like wearing his like tie-dye hoodie he did not prepare a speech. It was freaking terrible. Don Cheadle was one of the other nominees. And so when the when the winner is, like, speaking, they also um, show you the screens of the other nominees, like they do in the awards, like when they cut to their faces in the audience. And Don Cheadle was like, he was probably like in his head, oh, my God, Jason Sudeikis, you were going to regret this shitty speech. And to be funny, um... Don Cheetah was like, come on, man, wrap it up, wrap it up. Like, it was quite hilarious, but even though it was done as a joke, I mean, he was saving this man's life. If you didn't watch the Globes, go find that speech. It was freaking horrendous. Now, uh, so best comedy TV series was Shit's Creek. Like, Jess loves that. I haven't been into it the last couple of years, but this was quite a funny moment. Oh, I loved, uh, so Rosamund Pike one of the best actress in a motion picture comedy. And um, the movie she, she won for was I Care A Lot. Now, I'd seen this on Amazon Prime, um, but I hadn't watched it when I watched the Golden Globes. And I actually watched it last night. And I have to say, this is one of the best black comedies I've seen in a while. Diane Weiss is in it. Um, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. Like, this is a sort of like movie where like instead of having like a good guy against a bad guy it's like villain against villain 
and you're not really rooting for either of them to win. Like, you sort of want both of them to lose. And it's, it was just a stunningly beautiful film. Like, Rosamund Pike plays this psychotic woman who um, gets a dodgy doctor to say that her patients have dementia and they can't care for themselves. And then Rosamund Pike is recommended by the courts to be their legal guardian. And then what she does is systematically, like, pretty much, like, steals all their money from them. She puts them into homes. She does pay for, like, the um, the care of the patient. But then she also pays herself for looking after them. And then she sells off all their assets. And it's just, like, a freaking nightmare. And, like, she bars, like, if these people do have family members still living, like, sons and daughters or grandchildren, she bars, like, it's court orders to bar the children from seeing them. I mean, she's a real evil lady. And let's just say Peter Dinklage is an evil guy too. So it's like really good seeing them go toe-to-toe. So if you haven't seen that, I rarely recommend you do. And then, so The Crown won lots of awards. Um, oh, there was this cute, this, um, the best foreign film was um, a film called Minari, which is about, I think it's about a Korean family as experience in immigrating to America. And it's... Um, it's a foreign language film, and it was so cute. So, the the guy, the director, um, the director wins, and he's sitting next to his little daughter who looks about five or six years old, and she's like strangle hugging her dad. She's so excited, and then oh my god, when you think things can't get even cuter, she says to him, "I prayed, I prayed, Daddy, I prayed," and you're just like, oh my god, is this cute? Not the cutest. Like, you can just imagine her like going to bed at night and, like, praying that her daddy would win an award for his movie and being so excited when he wins and thinking, like, it's because you prayed. It helped. It helped. But it was so, so sweet. Um, So let's see. What else have we got? So, like I said, Anna Taylor-Joy won for The Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah, so Jodie Foster won for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Movie. And I don't even know what movie she was in. So it didn't seem, like, very interesting to me. And then, let's see. So, the best motion picture musical or comedy was Borat, a subsequent movie film. And I was just like, ugh, Borat. I mean, it's not my really... I mean, I love Sacha Baron Cohen. I think he's hot. Uh, but he he's sort of like... Comedy isn't really my, like, thing. So, um, but Isla Fisher, his wife, was like... She was so excited that he won and she was so cute while he was doing his acceptance speech and uh but (laughs) james corden who uh lost for i guess the the movie prom that he was in he did not look happy i mean his eyes had tears in them i think he was like frustrated and angry that he didn't win and his face was all red and i was like james come on that movie wasn't that great so for best motion motion picture drama Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones came out to present. And I must say, those two have had the most stunning plastic surgery. I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones has always been gorgeous. But, like, her face is looking great. Like, I think she must have had a facelift because it doesn't. she doesn't look like she's had filler. She's not all puffy. She just looks, like, real taut. She looks, like, about 40, 40, a good 42. And she's probably, like, in her 50s now. And Michael Douglas, he must have done something to his face because he was looking quite like snatched and like sort of line free but um 
Yeah, so they presented for Best Motion Picture Drama, and that was Nomad's Land. Because I think maybe that was the movie that Jodie Foster won for, Nomad's Land. But, um, yeah, so there was also... So these are the Best Motion Pictures. So Father with Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, which I haven't seen, but that one actually looks like very interesting. The Trial of the Chicago 7, which was Aaron Sorkin's movie, which he won, I think, for Best Director and Writer. Um, Mank, which is about uh, sort of black and white movie about the process of the screenwriter um, rushing to finish the movie Citizen Kane. I don't know if I'd be too interested in seeing that. A Nomad Land, which was with Frances McDormand's about like a lady who's like in a camper van, like traveling around America. Eh, am I interested? No. Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan, which I really want to see. Hamilton, which was like filmed on Broadway. Yeah. And then also the movie Palm Springs, which is that one with Andy Samberg where like he's stuck in a sort of Groundhog Day loop. And I'm just like, oh, that's for, for best picture? Like, ugh. It just shows you like how 2020 was a bit, like, shit for movies. Um, So Jane Funder won the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Her speech was great. I loved it. Um, There was a bit of controversy this year with the Golden Globes because uh, none of the Hollywood foreign press, which is, like, I guess it's, like, a committee of, uh, like, different reporters from different countries, none of them were black. So there was no black representation uh, in the Hollywood foreign press. So... Tina and Amy mentioned it in their speech, like they were funny about it. And then three members of the Hollywood Foreign Press um, came and did, they always come out and do a little speech, but this year they talked about how there's no black representation and like the people who were speaking was, I was like, I think it was like a German, a white German um, journalist. It was an Indian woman in a sari and then like another guy from like Russia or somewhere, I don't know, some Eastern European country. And so they sort of said that, you know, they're going to do better moving forward and they're going to, like, include black people uh, in the Hollywood foreign press. And then uh, there was, like, a really funny moment where uh, Keenan Thompson and Maya Rudolph, uh, Keenan Thompson's still on SNL and Maya Rudolph's, like, an ex-SNL um, member and, you know, she was in the movie Bridesmaids. I did a skit pretending to uh, accept an award as for original song, but they were like pretending to be French people, and um, Keenan uh, Thompson, Thompson's um, character sort of announced that he thought COVID nineteen was a hoax, and they were sort of like making out on the stage. They were getting really into each other. It was really funny. You should watch that like on YouTube. And then um, there was this great sort of um, oh, so Norman Lear won. I think it was the, what's it called? The Cara Burnett Award. And um, he he's like 98 years old. He was sh- as sharp as a tack. Like, his speech was, like, amazing. Uh, he was, like, a sort of trailblazer in the 1970s in um, sitcoms. Like, he's a producer. And so, you know, his all his sort of sitcoms he had back then touched on subjects that were sort of taboo in, like, the 70s. So... Um, his series um, touched on race, women's rights, abortion, child abuse, and um, and I thought it was amazing because he mentioned in his speech that he has six children ranging in the ages from twenty six to seventy four. And so, and I worked it out. So that means that he had his last child at the age of seventy two. And I'm like, is this Alec Baldwin? Is this who Alec Baldwin is going to be? Like, I can't imagine being ninety eight 
and you've got a 74-year-old child and a 26-year-old child. Like, would that 24-year-old child, would their other grandparent even be as old as their, like, older sibling? Like, ugh, it boggles the mind. I love it. I thought it was really salacious and some juicy, juicy gossip. But Norman Lear, he was great. He looked fabulous. His speech was stunning. And, yeah, I'm so happy for him. So what else have we got? That's pretty much it. But what's the time? Oh, my God. There's 10 minutes until the Oprah special airs here in Australia. I cannot freaking wait to watch it. I will be back next week and I will recap. And I'm sorry that Jess wasn't here. And I hope this wasn't like hideously boring for you. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.